Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccan. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. The course of true love, it's often said, never did run smooth, and this episode uh, might not run incredibly smoothly either. Uh, We need to open, I think, with a disclaimer. This episode contains uh, descriptions of sexual violence, descriptions of murder, homicide, suicide, and a boatload of language that reasonable people would find incredibly offensive. So if that is something that would be difficult for you to listen to, now is the time to turn back. Assuming you're still here, uh, let's dive in. At some point in our lives, regardless of who we are in society or how we feel about ourselves, virtually every one of us has grappled with those heavy, 
tough questions of romance, of amorous feelings, of love, and of course, uh, love's ugly cousin, heartbreak. Yeah, and likely experienced um, rejection or a feeling of being some sort of outcast, at least for a time. People aren't usually don't usually come out of the womb with complete and utter sexual confidence. Something you have to kind of work your way into. I mean, uh, other than Morrissey, that's right. Well, Morrissey is a very special case. <laughs> it's true. I don't know if Morrissey was born or just sort of um, self-generated. You, you know? know, you know, Morrissey is uh, notoriously asexual yes. or celibate. Yeah, know? yeah, uh, a vol cell. That's right. We would say, and this this unifying emotion, this unifying set of questions. Uh, you know, it runs across the human species. Uh, there's pretty compelling evidence that other mammals, not just primates, experience what we would call love, heartbreak, grief, envy, jealousy, the whole cavalcade of related feelings. Today's episode explores an entire subculture dedicated in some ways to these questions. This group calls itself collectively Incels, I-N-C-E-L. Here are the facts. Let's start with that. Let's start with that one word. What does incel mean? It's just a portmanteau. It's a it's of uh, it's two words: involuntary and celibate. And the gist basically is: it's people who identify uh, themselves as this incels. They believe they're the victims of some oppressive society, the one in which we all exist, but. They view it as much more uh, oppressive than perhaps the average person would. And in this society, women, through their purported control of uh, sex and relationships and sexual relationships, uh, they're able to control almost every single aspect of life. And the person who identifies as an incel is the victim. Yeah, yeah. The incel movement has – a lot of different variations, but that's that's the key. They've constructed this theory of attractiveness, and we'll explore more of that in a moment. I, and I believe the best way to succinctly describe it is a type of absolutist sexual caste system. Yeah, and they've also constructed this worldview where sex is an inalienable human right um, and a big part of the language in the incel community, at least among most members, is the notion that they are entitled in some way to sex as heterosexual males and as we'll discuss, very much is a heterosexual community. I, I shy away from using the term movement, honestly. It gives me the creeps. Can I think of it more as a as a community? Kind of, I don't know. It's, I, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll discuss yeah, it for sure. I would, I would typically say a community, although many individuals in that in this worldview do see it as a movement. The difference between a community and a movement is in the word, right? A movement is oriented toward a specific set of goals that can be measured as success or yeah. failure. And this community inherently kind of lacks goals. In mm. fact, it's largely about furthering these negative feelings. If you can say there's a goal, it's to feel as horrible about yourself as you possibly can. There are some contradictory goals for sure. I don't know that everyone agrees uh, within that community, certainly not outside of it. But I don't want to lose that that point. The The idea that sex is a human right, 
that only a certain type of person is indeed a person and that desiring sexual contact while not experiencing it, at least in the way one desires, is both deeply traumatic and a great historical crime of our age. So out of all the horrible things human beings have ever done, not getting laid, to be crass about it, is somewhere at the top. Forget about genocide and mass starvation. And we, we want to be very clear. Noel, you, you raise an excellent point here. In this worldview, there is no room for same-sex relationships, the trans community, uh, LGBTQIA, and so on. In this, in this reality, there is only a black and white, again, absolutist reckoning in which men and women are the only players. And we've read the, – the three of us have gone – far, far, far down this rabbit hole. Uh, I, I've read some stuff about same-sex relationships from this perspective and a lot of the people who are against it believe that – get this. I don't know if you if you guys saw this. Believe that people who feel that they are gay or attracted to members of the same sex are just deluded because of the evils of feminism and uh, that they have been – um, bamboozled, for lack of a better word, because they have never met a quote-unquote real member of the other gender. Very strange, very strange. And, and like many insular groups, like cults or militaries or religions, the incel community both isolates and identifies its members through the use of acquired terminology or jargon, right? We have uh, phrases like normie. For most of us listening – and for us here in the studio, that term is us. We're either normies or chats. Well, well, also the normies one that has meaning outside of this community. I mean, it's certainly kind of a an internet term for squares, I guess you know. Mm -hmm. But then within the incel community, it's its own thing. Mm -hmm. and, and some of the terms they use are very much exclusive to the incel community, and then some like that they kind of co opt and give their own little mm -hmm. spin to. Right. 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 So. Uh, a Stacy or a Chad is an attractive, popular person who has, in their view, the majority of sex on earth. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it is. Uh, and there are other variations of this that we can explore. There are more examples. The, you, the term woman is very, very, very rarely used. That's right. It's either femoid, femoid, or uh, female yeah. at the best. Femoid, though, is kind of the one they really lean on. To me, that's just this inherently othering name for women. It sounds like some kind of callous, unfeeling robot. Like, think like the Fembots from the Austin Powers movie. Mm. Also akin to, like, some kind of natural resource that has to be harvested mm. and used rather than, you know, like a thinking, feeling human person. Yeah. It goes back to the word humanoid, right? That resembling a human. Exactly. So... There, there are other things like uh, beta buxing, mogging. Mogging, I, uh, I enjoy. Mogging is essentially when someone feels that some other, I guess, maybe a competitive. It's a competitive thing. So, they, so for instance, if uh, Paul, Mission Control, Decca, and don't worry, Paul, I'm not using you as an incel example. I know you'd never forgive me. I can see Matt's reaction to your face right now. So let's say let's say Paul is um, in like a, a singles party, mingling, dating or something, and then uh, someone 
some incel person uh, wants to talk about a book or a book becomes part of the conversation and Paul has read the book. If the person is insecure enough, they will feel that Paul has somehow mogged them or one-upped them or uh, made them seem like they have less value by having read that book as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's really mogging like beauty or pornography is in the eye of the beholder. Interesting. There's also an inherently, as we'll get more into this later as we start to talk about some physical qualities, but there's an inherently problematic kind of racist language as well in the incel community. So mm-hmm. you can be an incel of color, but if that is what you are, then they almost uh, exclusively blame your lack of success on women or attribute it to uh, the race, and this, these are some very offensive terms, mm-hmm. and a lot of this comes from a fantastic video on YouTube called Con- uh, from a channel called ContraPoints, um, and there's a video on incels in that that I cannot recommend highly enough. But terms like um, rice cell or black cell or um, curry cell mm-hmm. to refer to people of other races. So it's almost like they're making that the focal point of their deficiency rather than some of the other details that we're going to get into. Right, right. And there's – uh, there's an important point here because oftentimes those those words are self-applied, which that's uh, also true. which would be startling, I think, to a lot of people from the outside because they are very racist. Yes, this is a very self-loathing centered community, and so there are um, categories that incels divide themselves into. Um, the racial category being one. Uh, it's also they'll also base their description on what they see as their sex life or what they see as the physical or mental or social defect that's keeping them from attracting women or, as they would say, obtaining sex. These are things like brain cells, near cells, people who feel like they do have sexual contact but that it's so uh, sparse that they're they're almost in cells or they're almost red-pilling, which comes up in just a second. Mare cells, mar cells, people who are married – but in a sexless marriage. Or even something as specific as having a weak wrist. They call it the wrist cells mm-hmm. or being too short or too tall, height cells. Yeah, and as I was reading this list, I kept thinking, you know, what do you call the person who's gone the longest amount of time? Are they a, are they a Duracell? I do oh, not boy. step down from that joke. You don't need to. It's <clears> a I will one. die on this hill. But – I mean, that's that's a little bit of levity, and to be honest, I, I didn't see anything with Duracell. But let's talk about pills. So cells are big, and so are pills. The concepts espoused first in The Matrix, which uh, was made by people who would be uh, found objectionable by this community, right? Where are they, the Wachowski The Wachowski bro- brothers, Wachowski who brothers. went on to both transition. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. To, yeah, to being uh, I didn't realize they both transitioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like twins, I believe, and they clearly shared the same experience in terms of their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And their identity. So we all remember in The Matrix <laughs> – I'm assuming, OK, if you haven't seen The Matrix yet, spoilers. I rewatched it actually over yeah. the weekend with my kid. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. OK. It didn't quite hold up for me, and I think really? the, the reason is this: because it's been parodied and ripped off so much uh-huh. that it almost looks like a parody of itself at this point, at no fault of its own. Sure, does that make sense? Yeah, I can okay. see where you're coming from. I uh, the the idea here uh, goes back to a scene in The Matrix where in uh, oh, what's the what Morpheus yes. right? Where in Morpheus offers the protagonist Neo uh, a choice. 
He can take a blue pill and he'll just forget the weird stuff that happened leading up to that moment and live out his life. Or he can take the red pill and have his eyes opened, encounter a revelation to see the world as it truly is. In the universe of inseldom, the term red pill describes someone who, like Neo in the Matrix, takes that red pill, experiences a revelation, and now recognizes the quote-unquote true nature of human society, accepting this absolutist black-and-white view uh, and primarily subscribing to the belief that society discriminates not against women, uh, but against men, specifically against you. You know what I mean? It's it's very bleak, yeah. uh, very bleak worldview. And red pilling is just the act of spreading this worldview, of convincing other people, of proselytizing for inseldom. And this applies to alt-right mm-hmm. thinking and uh, neo-Nazism. The idea of rig- being red-pilled is when you have a mentor of some kind or someone who welcomes you into this world mm-hmm. and this way of thinking, and it takes. Yeah, yeah, well said. This also occurs with how they rebranded race-based supremacy arguments. Oh, uh, race realism. Did you guys run into that one? That's that's the thing people are saying with a straight face. Uh, and then there's black pill. Yeah. So if red pill is a societal like worldview change kind of thing, black pill is a little even more metaphysical. It's going deeper even than the red pill. It's uh, this fatalistic version of the world in which people who believe it inside the incel community, they subscribe to this biological determinism where your your body was basically – as you were born, it was determined even before you were born mm-hmm. that you were going to be an incel because of these traits that you have, either it's your height or your wrists or your forehead shape or – The shape of your skull. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, these factors are going to make you unattractive. That's right. And then the same the same thing applies to people who are attractive and just you cannot change your inseldom and you cannot change the chaddom or whatever mm-hmm. other uh, version of humanity that exists out there. Yeah, and the whole – the black pill is, is really just the – everything that comes along with going – full bore into this very nihilistic worldview and everything mm-hmm. that comes along with it. And Natalie Wynn, aka ContraPoints on the YouTube channel I was talking about, kind of breaks it down in a really interesting way. Um, describes the black pill as the self-defeating worldview with no hope of happiness and sexual gratification. Um, the sexual market value is genetic completely unchangeable, this idea that you will be a virgin forever, that you'll never be able to have sex, therefore you will never be able to have happiness. And you should just L-D-A-R or lay down and rot. Mm-hmm. That's a term. Again, mm-hmm. like like many um, – I don't want to call it a cult, but like many cults or movements that mess with your mind, there's this preponderance of very specific terminology and acronyms. Scientology uses a ton of acronyms for a reason. It works when you want to make people do and think as you would have them do and think. If neither the red pill nor the black pill uh, suits you, then congratulations, sheeple. Uh, You, uh, along with me personally, are a blue pill. That means that you, like most of the world, don't accept this belief and incels will consider you cartoonishly deluded. Yep. So how did they get here? Let's look at the timeline. It's fascinating because we mentioned – okay, so we mentioned the ContraPoints 
uh, video is a great exploration of this community. Uh, the Matrix is founding mythology, uh, both by trans people, right, or who who have now transitioned. Uh, yes, the ContraPoints channel, uh, the, it's mm-hmm. a trans woman who does this mm-hmm. channel and uh, incredibly intelligent and mm-hmm. funny and wonderfully produced. And to the great shame of the incel community, or uh, this is the first stuff they don't want you to know, uh, this movement was originally the brainchild of, believe it or not, a woman. In the 1990s, a bisexual college student known only by her first name, Alana, was living in Toronto, Canada and started a website called Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project for those who, like her, were struggling to form loving relationships or felt maybe they were late bloomers, you know? And she described the site originally as a friendly place, a website where she posted articles, she ran a mailing list, people just talked about their personal experiences, uh, to quote the country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, and just a general feeling of loneliness. And it was a forum for men and women to talk about that. And much more of a um, support community as Mm -hmm. opposed to what we'll see that it kind of twisted and mutated into. Metastasized would be a good word, right? So we have quotes from Alana. Uh, She says, there was probably a bit of anger and some men were a bit clueless about how women are unique individual humans. But in general, it was a supportive place. And this is from an interview that the BBC did with her a while back. How supportive was it? Get this. Uh, One couple who met on this site ended up getting married and lived happily ever after. So this was not an incredibly toxic or negative place. And the fascinating thing about the incel community, and as we see it even in its earliest roots, the growth of it um, is very intertwined with uh, digital communication. And over the past few years, numerous online forums have become home to incel philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Originally, Alana had created the word invacel, I-N-V-C-E-L. Someone suggested incel was easier to say and then also it's it's homophonic with imbecile, right? So to Alana, the word incel used to mean anybody of any gender who was, as you said, Matt, just lonely but never had had sex or who hadn't had a relationship in a long time. And she says now we can't call it that anymore. The, the word has been appropriated. By 2000, she began to move away with the community and she thought, you know, my work here is done. This is blossoming. This is growing. This is a good thing. Uh, the digital world, the spontaneous communication, this low cost of information is allowing people to meet and support one another. But as the group grew, it became something fundamentally different. It encountered what psychologists would call the extremity principle or group polarization. And we'll get to that right after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we have returned. Uh, Matt, have you ever been in a situation where, let's say there's something that you kind of like, like maybe a, a band or a, um, I don't know, ice cream, and you've met a group of other people who also kind of like it? Yeah, I remember Ice Cream Club. Oh, yeah. I remember Ice Cream Club. <laughs> that was great. And then you walk away. Studies show that if you talk to people who feel the same way you do, even about something relatively benign, even if your feelings aren't particularly strong one way or the other, if you already have that initial tendency or baseline opinion and you talk with people who have similar beliefs, afterwards, you will tend to have your belief in that thing more extreme. So you might walk into some some conversation saying, oh, are you guys talking about uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's chocolate peanut butter fudge striped toffee explosion? I made that up. Mm. And they might be like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. And like, oh, what do you like about it? And as you start talking about it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't think about that aspect. Yeah. Of it. And then you walk, you walk back and you're like, you know what? That's my favorite ice cream flavor. Not only is it my favorite, it's the be- possibly the best Ever. Yeah. That there ever was, that ever existed under the sun. And other people just don't get it, Mm-mm. you know? No. That is an example of group polarization, the extremity principle. Psychology shows us that people who hold similar beliefs tend to congregate. And as people with similar beliefs speak with one another, these beliefs tend to become more extreme. So, it, Okay, yeah. so this is what happens with people who like fish. 
the band? <laughs> yes. Shout out to our producer, Josh. Uh, yes, this this happens with bands. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I think Fish is great. Fish is fine, but I don't see what the Fish people see in it, you know? And I think part of that is possibly the community and the Ooh. communal nature of going to a Fish show yeah. and being around your "Quote unquote people, and you know, and then if you if you took all that away and just listened to their albums, I don't think it would be the same experience. Well, if you were doing it in isolation, right? Yeah, I agree, and I think you know, to be fair, we're all pretty well outside the fishbowl. I mean, they're if, fine. They're have fine. Any of us even been to a fish show? No, I've had fish food ice cream by Ben and Jerry's, nice. though, which is great. Quite it's a good. Great flavor. The little fudge fish are awesome. Mm-hmm. The closest for me is DMB, the Dave Matthews Band. I had that happen with me. Whoa! You I, got you got red pilled. You got acronym. <laughs> I did. I did. Holy crap! Oh dude. wow! Yeah, and I hated Nirvana because of my insular DMB group. Matt, Matt, have you been have you been rehabbed though? Are you are you yeah. still a, a a a Dave a Daveite? I'm I'm better now. I still right. like Dave Matthews. You can like both. Yeah, exactly. That's quality That's what I found. songwriting. Smart. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. Also, I said some. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, but that's these are these are innocuous examples, right? Uh, studies show that after these conversations happen, uh, both you listening and the people you've spoken with will walk away agreeing more, essentially. with y- Your opinion will be, as the Simpsons would say, embiggened. This holds true for opinions about sports teams, ice cream, bands like fish, other snacks, films, philosophical beliefs. This also, here's where it's weird, this also holds true for stuff we don't like. Let's say that you think Police Academy 4 is the weakest film in the entire franchise. Who would ever think that? I don't know, man. (laughs) I wanted a harrowing example. And you interact with people who share that belief. After this conversation, you will likely think even less of what is arguably one of the most breathtaking cinematic achievements in this our modern age. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. (laughs) Me too, man. It's like mob mentality where you have a bunch of people that are maybe a little bit racist and then you start getting them talking to each other and they manufacture like this problem that doesn't even exist in nearly the magnitude they think it does. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there's devils everywhere and you got to kill them. Yeah. You just got to kill them. They go from uh, – they'll create new problems that don't exist. I love that you said that. They go from, you know, well, I think this stereotype about the Germans or I tend to think the French are somewhat arrogant. And then, you know, a few weeks later after joining the right Facebook groups, they're like, hang the Welsh. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and this kind – you're talking about a drift towards extremism really, yes, right? Yes, And it doesn't – just happen in these little things. It happens in the big things, in the big communities, in and religious it communities. It yes, quickly. In especially political now. communities, mm-hmm. especially on Facebook. And it's exactly, it's mm. exacerbated and accelerated by this social media bubble that people just live in. And that is what the incel community is, if nothing else. It is a, a bubble. Yes. You know, it's like when you only watch Fox News or you only watch CNBC, MSNBC or whatever, Mm. and you choose to curate your experiences and blot out any outside experiences, you're going to become a more extreme version of that thing. It's just going to happen. And uh, digital platforms play a huge role in this. There's no question that Twitter played a huge role in the radicalization of people who later went on to join Islamic insurgencies. There's no question that Facebook and Russia played a huge role uh, in in making people in the U.S. Uh, drift toward more extreme beliefs. Uh, not just 
political stuff. Anyway, again, there's a book called Foundations of Geopolitics. It's the playbook for what's happening. Read it. It has nothing to do with this episode. It's a weird plug. Weird flex, but okay. Good book. I like it. <laughs> but, uh, weird flex, good book. <laughs> yes, they're just so. So we see this. Um, we did a video earlier, I think, um, years back on radicalization in ISIS. Uh, but this this stuff still plays a huge role. Just because you're not seeing a video of someone getting beheaded doesn't mean this isn't dangerous when it happens in other places, other communities, other bubbles. So what does the incel community believe now? Let's let's look at their modern beliefs. First off, shout out to our How Stuff Works DNA. How do humans work? That's, incels are very um, adamant about this. You know that stuff that you grew up around? Uh-huh. No? no oh, yeah. There's a soulmate for oh, you. Of course there is. Somebody out there waiting. Just for me. You're equal. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that whole thing? Like, there are all these fish in the sea. There are enough fish for everyone, I, I guess. I like fish. And uh, there is someone for you. Well, that is some bull crap, buddy. What? Malarkey. Poppycock. Well, that's not very nice. Tell me more. Well, attra- <laughs> attractiveness, mm-hmm. you know, that thing when somebody is like, hey, I like you. Oh, you like the cut of your jib. I'm digging this vibe. Yeah, that's not an individual per person real thing. There's no individuality involved. It's just a clear cut set of measurements that are uh, that are just in a couple of factors and they, they ex- are exhibited in a couple of things. This sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah. V- vaguely eugenic in nature. But let's, let's, let's go on. Let's test these waters. Phrenological. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. genetics, uh, uh, let's talk about your height. Your bone structure, your wrist size, your skin color, your forehead size. Yeah, uh, yeah let, let's talk about that because that right there is the heart of what makes you attractive. Uh, there are some socially accrued uh, uh, things that can get you an attractive or can create a chadness uh-huh. within you. An aura. Yeah. yeah. Most of that is money, just money, wealth. And uh, But there are a couple other things, uh, power, influence, prominence, being a celebrity in general that can cause you to have chaddom even as a uh, founder of Facebook. Like Bill Gates, for instance. Correct. Would be an example. There are other factors. Uh, let's see. Just a few. Um, personal initiative. If you work out a lot, if you ha- eat a healthy diet, uh, if you dressed well, making some of these uh, things, like if you actually make a self-improvement in mm. one of these areas, it can be called maxing. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. In this community, that term is inherently kind of a neg, right? It's sort of like, oh, you, you how cute. You're, you're trying to lift yourself up out of your pathetic squalor. You're trying you know? to dress max or looks max, yeah. but your wrist will still be small. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the that's one of the inherently I think contradictory things. There's also similar to uh, its distant relation, the world of PUAs or pickup artists. There's this inherent belief that everything is programmatic, and that if one does action A, action B, or result B rather, will inevitably and uh, immediately follow. That's right. Um, Super producer Paul was telling me off air about a show on Netflix he's watching, I believe, called You, where one of the characters is somewhat of an incel type and actually does pick up, get a girl, but it's exclusively using these kind of manipulative pickup artist techniques, and the inner monologue the whole time is sort of like expressing disbelief or, you know, sort of like, wow, it's really working kind of, you know? 
know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very much a uh, a bit of a of a mark con kind of situation almost. Have, right? have you seen that? Have you guys seen that? Yet? I have not. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, uh, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. It's it's worth watching. It is very lifetime-ish, actually. It's like lifetime after dark kind of thing. Uh, but I'd be very interested to hear what you guys think after concluding it. I, the word I would use is problematic. Fair enough. And I think it's a, I think it's a great comparison you're making. So one of the great debates, just like just like you said, one of the great debates in the incel community revolves around this. Um, to do or not to do question about whether one should attempt to max in one way or another, right? Get a get a better job, dress better, maybe join a club like Toastmasters where you learn to speak to other people or instead to rebel against this society and attempt somehow to fundamentally change or in this view correct the status quo. This leads to something called the Beta Uprising or the Incel Rebellion, which which we promise we'll get to. That's just a seed. Uh, that's We're just planting that acorn to grow into a really shitty oak mm-hmm. as this episode continues. Okay, yeah. Beta Uprising. Beta Uprising. We got it. And, and what goes along with this too is in the same way that maybe someone um, who's having depression would not take kindly to you just saying, ah, come on, just get over it. Just right. get out of bed. You'll be fine. You know. Oh, you got anxiety. D- go exercise. You know. Um. In the in the uh, counterpoints video, she I believe coins the term. I don't think this is in the community. Chad splaining. <laughs> when uh, most incels are not receptive to being told to just get their shit together and try and improve themselves. Um, and that idea of maxing is looked at often with scorn and mm-hmm. as some form of fakery or as uh, being not true to your incel roots, which they all still despise and think that they are less than. It's, <laughs> right? so, it's very uh, counterintuitive, the whole thing. Yeah, there's double think, And um, there's also – and this is something that you pointed out from the from the ContraPoints video. There's also this idea of catastrophizing. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, it's something that I think we can all relate to on some level at some point in our lives. But it's just this kind of cyclical negative thinking um, with anxiety and depression thrown in there. Um, PsychCentral.com describes it as an irrational thought a lot of us have in believing that something is far worse than it actually is. Um, And it can take two different forms, making a catastrophe out of a current situation and imagining making a catastrophe out of a future situation. Mm -hmm. So it's one of these things where the the extreme transition from problem to we're all going to die, everything is hopeless and pointless Mm -hmm. is a real stretch. Mm -hmm. Whereas the steps between the individual spots on that spectrum maybe aren't as much. But when you finally get to the end result where your mind goes, you realize this is very irrational. Like the slow boiling of frogs. That's right. I would say that I am highly guilty of catastrophizing about my own life. Yeah, no, I think it's something any uh, most people have experienced on some level or another. I I am have been as well, and have had to work at it to not do that. But it's inherently part of this whole black pill worldview mm-hmm. is that we will never find happiness, we'll never find love or sex or kindness of any kind. We'll always be treated as these outsider pariahs, and therefore are doomed to a life of isolation and misery. What's that line, Matt, from The Invisibles? Everything is true, nothing is permitted, right? Oh, yeah. I it's, think that is it. I don't know if it's verbatim, but it sounds right. Yeah, there's a thematic similarity. So we've got the world painted, more or less, right? And we've got the, the gist, the bare bones of this. Uh, let's explore the, the most important 
aspect, I guess, in the incel community, or at least philosophically, women and men, according to incel belief, humanity works on this adapted version of the Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle, it's called. And this means that around 20% of the dudes in existence, if that, get or obtain at least 80% of the women. Yep, get or obtain. Women are thought to be both intellectually and morally inferior in this, in this worldview, hypergamous, meaning that they sleep around a lot from their teens to around age 30. And there is also some very creepy stuff about underage people in the incel community. But at the same time, this double think occurs because despite the fact that women are supposed to be markedly inferior, they are at the same time enormously powerful due to, as you said, Matt, their perceived control over sexual relationships. And this is so similar to other discriminatory worldviews. A racist, for example, will also argue in terms of doublethink. Probably the most prominent and disturbing example from World War II was that the Nazi party and Nazi uh, people who held Nazi beliefs thought that Jewish people were inherently, irredeemably inferior, yet literally in charge of the planet. So how do you, how do you hold these two ideas in your head? In any group like this, the target of discrimination most, must be portrayed as fundamentally less than, but also for some enormous reason, uh, incredibly powerful. Women, therefore, function, according to the incels, best as objects. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to do some song and dance and pretend like the world is not riddled with misogyny. This, this did not come out of whole cloth. You know what I mean? This yeah. came from somewhere. So that's how they think of women. Objects that are somehow inferior but also all-powerful and in charge of everything. Yeah. But then what about the dudes? What about the dudes? Well, there are several types of male, and it's all based on really a, a misunderstanding of mammal hierarchy mm-hmm. and studies that have come out a while ago about this kind of thing. And it's, it's phrases you've heard before, alphas and betas. Really, those are the two primary ones. But then there's a third called the omega, which sounds awesome. Yeah. But l- let's continue. All right. <clears throat> so an alpha is essentially a Chad. It's a high status male who gets all the sex he wants. Just whenever he feels like it, he just kind of points and and that's, that's it. Uh, alternately a, uh, an alpha may refer to a, a male's tall and muscular body type. Like if you sit, look at someone and say that guy looks like an alpha, that's what you're talking about. You have a muscular dude, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially that's it. Um, and this, the thought is that this alpha is just irresistibly attractive to all females, not just Stacy's, who, as we kind of mentioned before, but also Becky's, which I don't even know if we mentioned a Becky. Yeah, Becky's are just more average-looking, possibly a little nerdy females. Sort of a female equivalent of a beta. Yeah, exactly. Ah, a beta. So, yes, in this case, both alpha and beta females, I guess, mm-hmm. um, find the alpha male irresistible. And these guys sit at the absolute top of the human sexual food chain. Right, right. And there's a a very bitter comparison drawn here to uh, the dark triad and the idea of being a bad boy, you know. Uh, This, again, 
in this in this view or in, from this perspective, an alpha is different from a bad boy due to their restraint. So unlike, for instance, Christian Bale in American Psycho, these guys are able to not instantly, immediately sexually assault and murder everyone, but that makes them even more desirable. This is a very, very strange, uh, circuitous logic path there. And then we talked about, I know we mentioned the Stacys, but Stacys are kind of Eh, classified as being sexually promiscuous, live the life of luxury, never have to work, instantly arousing bodies um, with large breasts, curves that are attractive to chads, right? Um, And this also is a sign that they are fertile. Right. And this is a very ageist community, so uh, the life of a Stacy is limited and stops at age 30, according to most incels. Then we've got the beta, right? The guy. The beta guy is not that great in relationships. Again, they use the word females, which is – it's funny. Um, our our colleague, Lauren Vogelbaum, pointed this out to me years ago and it still haunts me. Whenever people say female, I can't not picture a Ferengi. Going really? Like, female. Yeah. You'll wow. have to ask her about it. Yeah, because I, it's such a clinical way of looking at a human to categorize mm-hmm. like, has anyone ever called you a male? That's a weird – that would seem very strange and yet the – some people say female in conversation and it's – you don't bat an eye as much. You yeah. Know? But it still is inherently kind of clinical and strange. I think most times when guys get called male, it's either in a doctor's office or when there's an APB out, you know, male suspect. Oh, Yeah. So so the the beta for some reason for one factor or another is not confident enough or competent enough to be an alpha uh, maybe because he doesn't buy into uh, bad boy behavior, maybe because of his – something unchangeable about his physical appearance or his social position and they are often portrayed as the settled down types. So inseldom would believe that once a woman is hit what they call the wall around age 30, they seek a beta male to financially support them, typically through marriage, uh, while they still pursue alphas on the side. And then if they really want to paint uh, urban legend horror story of it, the beta male uh, ends up taking care of someone else's child uh, while the former Stacy or whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever you want to call this person, while they go off to pursue their adventures. That's a terrible life. But still, they argue, it is better than the worst of the worst. Yeah, the Omega. Um, That is the guys with absolutely zero chance of ever having sexual intercourse. So far as they believe, right? Yeah. So this is, this is kind of the, the, the lowest, these are the people who end up uh, advocating some of the more insane or fringe beliefs, at least people who perceive themselves this way. And we talked about the way that women are divided, right? Stacy's, Becky's, Normie's. Uh, Do we mention the term roasty? No. Okay. Uh, and then there is – I would Feel, feel free I would, to Urban Dictionary that one yourself. Yeah. I, don't know, yeah. Want to go into I would say watch the video Noel has mentioned multiple times here yeah. and you'll learn about it. Mm-hmm. So there's also this – I think I mentioned earlier and this is very ageist. But if anyone were to ask me, hey, Ben, what is the what is the 
peak desirable age uh, to an incel? What's the peak desirable age for a mate? Then I would say it's gross because often uh, people will advocate being attracted to very, very young teenagers. And these are guys in their 30s and 40s. Mm. We just have to mention that. Now, this is just scratching the surface. But we have to look at – now we've got this philosophy, right? We understand the universe. We understand the um, the crucial or pivotal relationship, the debates around it. But how does this long-winded background on philosophy work out in the real world? To answer that, we have to look at modern actions. First off, these communities are being banned online left and right. Well, yeah, and for good reason, right? I mean – not only are they violating rules of whatever subreddit or whatever uh, message board they're on, especially concerning incitement to violence, and another really big problem they have is hate speech. It mm-hmm. just continues to happen. And there are also other things. I mean, when you get into some of the suicide uh, talk that occurs in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not only are you violating rules in terms of use and all that stuff, you're you're becoming a danger if you're talking about suicide yeah. openly like the well, the way it happens in these. It's crazy too cuz that's a, that's also part of the language of these communities. They they have a name for it. It's called sui fuel. And a lot of times people will post these um, you know, very hopeless like kind of memes or whatever where it's like there's some from from the video uh, where it's like an image of a bunch of women staring at the perspective of whoever the viewer is with disgust and saying like the the that feeling when you're the ugly guy and you walk into a room or whatever it's stuff like that that just kind of like inherently makes you feel worse and they kind of when they get called on it, people that post this stuff they say oh it's just gallows humor and it's certainly not trying to incite anybody to do anything but yet these boards are also filled with actual suicidal ideations and people posting whether they be cry for cries for help or what mm-hmm. have you that's a very real part of it too and advice on how to do it right mm-hmm. so usually when one forum is banned another one will rise up beta style huh to take its place and now that we're talking about this idea of beta rising let's let's explore the beta uprising the, also known as the incel rebellion, the more extreme parts of the incel community call for a beta uprising. This would be defined as collective action by people identifying both as beta and omega to, through acts of public violence, force a change in society. The logic and details of this plan shift with the primary goal being to create conditions wherein the incels do not feel so oppressed and can either uh, force – or induce women to sleep with them. Or in some cases, for the very, very misogynistic, angry individuals, uh, just force women to live in some sort of servitude, right? Or even mass killings. This is dark, deplorable, very nasty stuff. But unfortunately, as longtime listeners to this show know, and as the as the three of us know, uh, it is not particularly anomalous in the vast cesspit of opinions on the internet. There are people advocating all sorts of horrible, horrible, horrible things. Sometimes they're trolling. Sometimes they're serious. Sometimes it is a dark catharsis. But things change when the digital trash talking 
and dark ideation creates real-world consequence. And the incel community has done just that. And we'll learn about it right after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Here's where it gets crazy. So, Inseldom put on its big boy shoes terrorism-wise in recent years. Multiple young men identifying with this belief system have conducted mass murders. And we have several examples, unfortunately. The first and most well-known, I, I would say, would be the case of Elliot Roger, who on May 23rd, 2014, um, in Isla Vista, which is part of Santa Barbara County, California, murdered six people, injured 14, and took his own life in his car. Uh, yeah, the attack began when he stabbed three men to death in his apartment, and then he drove to a sorority house, and he tried to get in, but he was unable to. He then shot three women outside, two of them died, and he drove past a nearby deli and then shot to death a male student who was inside that deli. 
Then he began to speed through the area, through Ila Vista, and he shot and wounded several other pedestrians. He hit people with his car. Um, in the end, he exchanged gunfire with police, and he did that twice, actually, as he was going mm-hmm. to all of these places. And he received a non-fatal gunshot wound to the hip, but in the end, at the very end here, he uh, he crashed his car into a parked vehicle and police found him dead with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. And before setting out for the sorority house, shortly after he had stabbed uh, three people in his apartment, he uploaded a video to YouTube titled Roger's Retribution. In the video, he details his attack plan. He states that he wants to punish women for sexually rejecting him and to punish sexually active men and couples for essentially having sex. Uh, He feels rejected. He doesn't know. He's like, I don't see what you don't see in me. I am the supreme gentleman. This moniker becomes important. It sticks around. Before he does this, he sends a written document to about 34 people in total, his friends, family, and his therapist. It is a long manifesto titled My Twisted World, The Story of Elliot Roger. In this manifesto, he claims that in his ideal world, he would quarantine all women – that's not the term he uses – in concentration camps – and it says that the vast majority of the population in these camps would be starved to death uh, deliberately. This would be an efficient and fitting way to kill them all off. I would have an enormous tower built for myself and gleefully watch them all die. He also dreamed of a, quote, pure world where man's mind can develop to greater heights than ever before. Future generations will live their lives free from having to worry about the barbarity of sex and women, which will enable them to expand their intelligence and advance the human race to a state of perfect civilization by cutting out more than half of the human population. That last part I'm adding because that's true. That's how the numbers work. Absolutely. No, and, and that's a thing too that, that um, I, I, I meant to mention earlier. There are obviously shades of uh, incels within this community, mm-hmm. the most extreme being abject hatred uh, of women mm-hmm. um, and the maybe lesser – Extreme being the more self-loathing, I'm sad that women don't find me attractive and I'll never find happiness, but they don't necessarily automatically take it to that level of make women our sex slaves and uh, or kill them. Right. And this is not a defense of Roger in any case, but he did have a very long history of mental illness as well, which we, we see often in in these uh, shooting deaths or in these mass murders. Upon his death, when the story of the tragedy hit the news, the Inseldom community began worshipping Elliot Roger to one degree or another as a martyr. And unfortunately, uh, he inspired other people. And just to go out here on a limb and say this, we are speaking about the incel community as one community We do not mean that every single individual who perhaps identifies in one way or another as an incel believes that this is the right thing. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. It it is – if you go online and you look at message boards, you may feel that way, that every single person on this board thinks this guy did the right thing. Um, I assure you that 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 is not the case. But – in certain subsets of this community, he is held up and revered as some sort of proto-messiah almost yeah. or something. Yeah, it's the, yeah harbinger of the revolution. Just what, had to put that there. Well, we are anything but absolutist. 
And that would be an absolutist worldview to take, I believe. Uh, we also have to remember that in the age of the internet, when you're reading the printed word that is often posted anonymously, you don't. it's very difficult to divine the sincerity or motivation for uh, a piece of writing or a piece of communication. But this martyrdom is real and it inspired more people. Uh, the next example would be a guy named Chris Harper Mercer. On October 1st, 2015, Chris Harper Mercer, a 26-year-old student at Umpqua Community College near Roseburg, Oregon, shot nine people and then injured eight others. He was wounded when the police arrived, and then he took his own life. Before the shooting, he studied the actions of earlier shooters, such as Cho and such as Roger, and cited these people as his inspiration and influences. And his um, he also had a history of, you know, unfortunately, mental illness, which again is not a it, – it's a huge factor, but it's not an excuse and it is certainly never a justification. The timeline continues up to last year. There were there were several instances. Here, here's two of them, one in Canada, Alec Manassian – on April 23, 2018, drove a rented van and sped through the North York City Center Business District, targeting pedestrians with his van. He killed 10. He injured 16. This was the most deadly attack of its kind in Canadian history. Yeah, and prior to the attack, uh, Manassian had been active on uh, several forums and incel fronts that that uh, had called for some kind of rebellion and also saluting the aforementioned uh, Supreme Gentleman Rogers. Yes. So the name came back. And there's another example too, just from as recently as November, right? That's right. I hope I'm pronouncing this name right. Actually, I don't really care if I am. Uh, Scott Paul Bieri, Bierel, Beryl, Beryl, B-E-I-E-R-L-E. I've not heard it spoken. Um, but on November 2nd of 2018, uh, this 40-year-old gentleman um, shot and killed two people and wounded five others at a midtown yoga studio in Tallahassee before he took his own life. Um, and he also cited Rogers as an inspiration. Yeah. Yep, it's true. He, he also, not only did he cite Rogers as an inspiration, but he had this long history of uh, groping women uh, and had been in legal trouble with this before. He, these guys also have some 4chan posts you can find, but this is while, – while this is the most publicized phenomenon, real-world consequence of this community, and again, this community does not move in lockstep, uh, this is far from the only case. There's a very high likelihood that uh, – People, some people identify as incels have committed unsolved sex crimes because there is glorification of assault. Given that some self-identified members of the community have gone online to brag about everything from intimidation to outright sexual assault, including planning this stuff, by the way, and advising each other how to do it, it's disturbingly likely that several members of the community have actually committed acts of sexual violence. And again, in many cases, these could just be internet trolls or people telling tales for attention. But the frequency of these sorts of posts and the anonymity, right, makes it unlikely that all of these are pranks or works of fiction. And then there's the the thing that I find incredibly disturbing, which is beyond 
an individual act of sexual assault. And that is the concept of what they call the redistribution of sex, uh, notably hit the mainstream in a New York Times article. But the belief is this. More extreme members of the community will call for things like the legalization of sexual assault or some sort of state-supported program to force sex, meaning Uncle Sam or some you know, um, Orwellian big brother kind of thing would make – Again, more than half of the population sleep with the other half. Again, this idea argues that men are the only real humans and therefore the human right to sex applies primarily and virtually solely to men. This idea of systematic rape is – it's a real thing, which baffles me. And this really. is the stuff, the very stuff that Roger, uh, the, the original shooter that we talked mm -hmm. about – talked about in his manifesto and in his video that he made um, before carrying out some of these these crimes. Yeah, absolutely. And at this at this point, the story continues. It's again important to note that there are tons of involuntarily celibate people of all ages, genders, creeds, and so on across this planet of ours. And these people, while quite possibly unhappy with their sex lives, are certainly not out to harm anyone. They're just looking for a human connection. Well, and it's also, we haven't really talked about the age range of these folks because I used to call what's being described here as just being an awkward, gawky teen or something, mm -hmm. you know? Like, at what point did it become kind of weaponized in this way, right? And I think the bubble quality that we're talking about with the social media bubble, and especially when you factor in some mental illness, mental health issues, and this kind of, uh, as is described in the uh, CounterPoints video, death cult model that we have here. So this, this notion that since you're never going to win, then you might as well go for suicide or worse. Murder, suicide, revenge. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it's, it's crucial to note that the difference here is that this online community is radicalizing isolated people and this is creating real-life murderers. One of the most common questions – I'm sure a lot of us were wondering this in the course of this episode. One of the most common questions people ask when they learn about this community is why don't incels just uh, engage with sex workers? Right? In many places, prostitution is legalized or decriminalized. So would that be a solution? The incel community largely seems to be against this and there are some fantastic articles by sex workers who say that this is not – this is not safe for sex workers. I also think it's kind of missing the point mm -hmm. because a lot of what these people crave is is the the companionship that comes with sex, not right. necessarily the sex act itself. Um, more of the companionship and the genuine closeness and uh, intimacy, mm -hmm. which which we kind of now we didn't gloss over, but it feels like that point is maybe lost. That it's all made about these little horn dogs that just can't get what they want. But surely we all can relate to the idea of being alone and not having anyone love you and, and uh, give you kindness and tenderness or whatever, that could kind of make you go a little nuts. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah, if, if you're okay to watch something a little more mature online, watch that ContraPoints video and the very thi first thing that it starts with it describes exactly what we're talking about here, the desire for intimacy. That's what I mean by human connection. Yeah, for say. sure. Yeah, for sure. That's it, it is true. You know, it's not sex for the sake of sex could 
easily be a transactional interaction, especially when you're considering that someone's paying for it, right? Uh, also, there are tons of social factors that we don't have time to get into today. Uh, we are available if you want to write to us with questions or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to this, and we want to hold this up as an example of how online communities can have real-world consequences. And just to point this out, I personally can identify with that feeling of being down on yourself, not believing anything good about yourself when someone compliments you, that feeling of believing the worst about yourself, like whoever whoever craps on me the most is probably the right person because yeah. they're telling me the truth. Wait, and, wait, wait. People compliment you guys? Um, <laughs> uh, every I, once in a every, while. Every now and again. And I haven't had one for yeah. a long time, oh, actually. No, yeah. it's true. See, again, like Ben can't hear it. He yeah. it, it doesn't register in his ears, and it doesn't register in uh, my ears very well either. I, I almost cannot hear that. I think it's a very human thing, though, to always trying to be to, – to, to tend to be your worst critic and yeah. your worst enemy and because you know yourself better than anyone else. Therefore, you must know the, deep, the deepest uh, roots of your inadequacies. And then it's almost like this idea of seeking out those negative comments, the ones that cut to the core and that you say, oh, yeah, see, I was right all along because this is what I already believed. What these people that are saying that's nice, I don't believe that. Therefore um, – you know, it's it's not true. It, it's a tough world out there. It's a tough world. And, and it's a hard balance to strike, right? It's about mental health and mental wellness and being good to yourself. And not to Chad Splain or anything, but I do feel like this is a mental health issue in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, if you are feeling that way, there's nothing I or anyone here could say to you to probably make you feel better in this moment if you're feeling this way right now. But there are people out there who really do care about you and really do think you're a great person, whether you want to believe that or not, it's true. And I think there's probably a lot of undiagnosed depression and uh, anxiety and social stuff that's going on here too. I'm going to bring us to a lighter note. Everybody hates to hear uh, You Are Not Alone, song coincidentally written by R. Kelly. Oof. A lot of people don't know. I, I just found that out. Uh, to end on a lighter note, if you feel like reaching out to someone and you just want someone to chat with, I would like to introduce you to something called Call a Swede. Sweden has this number, which I'll give you in a second, uh, where you can call people and get connected to a random Swedish person. It is 46771793336. So it might be a little bit of an adventure, brighten your day. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still open, but give it a ring. And if that number doesn't work, you can contact us uh, directly via phone. Yes, we are 1-833-STDWYTK. Uh, leave a message if you're feeling some type of way. We will have your number, so mm -hmm. we might call you back. Who knows? Who you knows? Can, you can also you can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can reach the best part of this show, your fellow listeners, on our Facebook community page. Here's where it gets crazy, and uh, you know I'll, I'll say it: if you want to reach out to someone, you can find me directly on Instagram. I'm at Ben Bolin, and I'm at Embryonic Insider, and you can reach us. At our email, conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.